Jessica Blum. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Thursday morning, May 25th, 2023. It's 6.09 a.m. right now in the capital city. We've got 62 degrees, as you heard, on the way to a high in the low 80s today. Sunny skies once again. Little chance of rain today. Not particularly significant, so we will see about that. Got a busy show for you today. It's Ticket Thursday. We have another pair of tickets to give away to see Brooks and Dunn in Omaha at CHI Health Center on June 1st. We've got digital tickets to this. We'll just email them to you. If you are our winner, we're going to play a little bit of what is LNK today with Jack and Friends thinking of Country Music Edition. So those of you who are country music fans, which would stand a reason if you want to go see Brooks and Dunn, uh, you may uh, you may do very well if you play the game today. Got a chance to uh, hear that cue to call. Coming up at about 7.10 this morning, so be listening for that a little bit later in the day today. We're going to count down the five things people are talking about today. Then during the 8 o'clock hour, the Grow Lincoln team will join us, Robin and Dave, with new restaurants, retail businesses, and more in and around the capital city And Greg Sharp will join us, fresh off, calling Nebraska baseball's advancement in the Big Ten tournament. And they move on to take on Maryland today. Programming note, that game starts at 6 today. That could, there's a potential it could start a little later, but we'll be on the air with pregame regardless at 5.30 until they do the first pitch. You never know with these schedules of the conference tournament. So that's what we've got going on today. Good morning, Mark Vale. How are we doing today? Greetings, salutations, and how do you do? Good to uh, good to talk to you. And uh, another um, another busy day as we're kind of getting all kinds of things done here. All of a sudden, at the uh, Nebraska legislature, yeah, making up for lost time, perhaps, um, so to speak, on this thing. Well, finally getting some. Well, I, I, that's probably unfair to say, but they're they're getting into the the substance of what they had to do. Yes, with the budget. And, yes. Uh, so the big story on the budget yesterday, I, I uh, from your newscast is some basically some line item vetoes that the governor's is, governor is able to make. Correct. Yeah. Right. And uh, there are some people in the healthcare industry that aren't very happy with it. And that has to do with uh, Medicaid reimbursement rates, correct? Right, right. And so there's two years, basically had been an increase that was the 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 budget that was sent to him had an increase two consecutive years. He took away the second year of the increases of the three percent increases. So there'll be one, and then would be flat for the second year. Uh, and that was the uh, sort of the catalyst to the the reaction that yep. came on that. Now, as far as provider rates, uh, forty five million is what came off of that one. Okay, um, and just just kind of in the civics of the whole thing, these just because the governor vetoed it does not mean it automatically is going to be vetoed. There is an opportunity for the full legislature to override individual line item vetoes. They would have to get 30 votes to do that uh, if they choose to go back and try and get some of those. So, And there were other ones as well. I, I saw some chatter yesterday about um, planned increases that had been vetoed when it comes to salaries of people who are working not legislators themselves but people who work with the legislature le- legislature 
um, and those sorts of things. And there were there were various additional ones beyond that as well. But that that reimbursement, that provider rate was the one that seemed to get the most attention yesterday. That and uh, what forty million for workforce housing in rural and urban areas. That was the other biggest, or that was the second biggest item from what I've been able to to uh, garner from it. Okay, all right. So we had that, uh, and then in terms of other things that came down yesterday, uh, we had what passage of the the the. There was a lot of discussion about this early in the session. I kind of forgot about it because it got overshadowed by everything else. But this conversation about the potential for tax breaks for scholarships to private schools. Right. Well, it went. Uh, the governor signed it yesterday. That got signed. So yeah. that's yeah. That that's in the. That's right. That was already passed, but that got signed. So that was one of them. And then, but no, I will take that back. It passed yesterday. Okay, that that's and what I the thought. governor said he would sign it. That, that's okay. That, and I'm a little confused. Sometimes. Yeah, I know. There was a lot yesterday. And then the other one that I was, I didn't necessarily think anything was going to be happening um, during this session and is one that seems like going back since I've been doing the show comes up every legislative session for 15, 17 years and probably even before that as well. And I just didn't expect to hear it this time around. But there it was yesterday. The talk about the motorcycle helmet laws came up yesterday. And the uh, the lawmakers uh, approved to advance this. Uh, it was an amendment. It was a bill related to the DMV. State Senator Ben Hansen included an amendment, um, which was originally legislative bill 91, but it would ride motorcycles, uh, motorcycle riders to ride without a helmet if they're o- older than 21 and have completed a safety course and wear eye protection. Um, and so they amended it into LB 138, which is, uh, bill by the new state center, Carolyn Boston. That's related to DMV. And so that is now part of, part of that bill at this point and has a chance now of after years, years, years of trying to get this voted into law has a chance to actually happen if it gets passed. Probably next week is when they're going to take this up, and it's but it's part of the bigger bill now yep. in this whole thing, yeah, this, which is just this is something that they, that people who have been people who have wanted to get this get the motorcycle helmet law to get rid of it have tried. I mean, you talk about efforts. We talked about efforts with Senator Brewer trying to get constitutional carry. We, I mean, we we've had the de- attempts at the death penalty, medical marijuana, these things that come up annually. It feels like this one is maybe the most consistent one that has come up and never never seemed to have uh, gotten to a point where enough people in the legislature could do it and it could actually happen this year I guess there's been so. a lot there's been a lot of horse trade I think in in and and bringing these bills together uh, you know attaching amendments to other bills uh, I, what do they call it Christmas tree type thing right um, it's really um, pretty wild this year yeah. Uh, so you could have coming into 2024, you could have uh, you could have no more uh, no more requirement at least of of uh, for motorcycle riders to be wearing helmets. That always like uh, I think it's Iowa when we drive to Iowa, they don't have a helmet law, and it always startles me a little bit when yeah. I'm on the interstate and there's people riding just because I'm so used to seeing motorcycle helmets. I don't ride a motorcycle. Don't think I probably ever will. Uh, so I don't. You know, I don't have a method or an opinion on it for myself, but it always just you see it and it looks weird because you're so used to seeing people with helmets on when they're riding. Them. You hear a lot of talk about it uh, really affecting the number of, of riders that go through the state 
especially on their way to Sturgis. Yeah, like people. Will, I remember that come up came yeah. up several years. Is that people would reroute essentially yep. around Nebraska so they could go. They would were willing to drive longer so long as they didn't have to have to wear helmets. Um, so, and then so, uh, the other debate yesterday was on um, uh, law and order. Uh, Senator Justin Wayne's trying to get revised uh, uh, rules on. Uh, parole and early release and rehab and all of that. Uh, the governor uh, pretty much, um, you know, has said he'd, he'd go along with this, but prosecutors have now uh, kind of come out against it. Okay, he's uh, just uh, Senator Wayne's gotten some support from law enforcement on it. Yeah, but not the prosecutor. There's so. there's been some division on that, and and then the other the one other thing we had just a grab bag of stuff here today is that the uh, bill that would buy ban minors from attending drag shows went down pretty significantly yesterday on the floor. And go go dancing. Don't debate. forget go go dancing. I don't even know. I mean, I've heard of that. <laughs> I don't even know exactly what that is. But um, do you? Well, Senator Halloran is going to be the only person in the state who knows what go-go dancing is. <laughs> is that? I don't know. Wait a I wouldn't know go-go dancing if I saw go-go dancing. You, you don't. don't well, yeah, you, I've seen you, Austin Powers. I guess. Well, it goes. You can actually one of the best YouTube's on it is there. They had go-go dancers on uh, Ronan Martin's Laugh It. Okay, that, I know what that, that, that is. That was you know the but, real high boots. Yes. And okay. Mini skirts. And, okay, Austin. That is that Austin Powers feel. That <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I've got that, but there was uh, there were some procedural concerns with that. There were some concerns by some senators that are like, "Hey, this is actually going to ban like some high school, uh, some high school drama things that are going on." You know, you, you've got a, a female who plays Peter Pan or something like that. Well, you, you couldn't the you couldn't show Mrs. Uh, you couldn't have on stage Mrs. Doubtfire. Couldn't do Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, man, imagine, uh, imagine, guys, uh, the '80s hair metal days when you were going to go see Poison in concert and they were all wearing mascara and lipstick, and yet they were still very manly men as well. And Brad Michaels was just from Poison was just at Stir Concert Cove this weekend. He had, I'm pretty sure, he was wearing eyeliner again. So that does uh, that's not going to be a thing. And uh, here we are, uh, here with the legislature, as we are winding down, winding down the session. So that's a quick break. Did I miss anything, Mark? Uh, anything else significant? No, 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 not really. I guess locally, uh, just to give to Lincoln, uh, wrapped up right. yesterday, $7.4 million, just over. So Yes. Yeah. I, they've, they've still got some, some of the cash donations or the checks that came in yesterday that they've got to add to that. But the uh, this year's event officially over, uh, as far as Give to Lincoln Day, as I understand it. Although I think they do accept donations, what through the thirtieth, thirty first? Yes, so uh, that you can you can do it longer. So yeah, um, so you, and big day as Caleb pointed out for uh, for Cedars. So great organization. So I was glad to see that. And, and ten troopers the from the state patrol headed to Texas. Yeah, the governor sending them out to the border, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what's going on, and more catalytic converter thefts reported. So. And then the other thing, and I know, I, I know you had this yesterday. We just didn't didn't get a chance to talk about it. But uh, on the Pershing mural, uh, it is slated to go to Wyuka and be put up there. They were hoping to get money from the legislature. They didn't, uh, but they got a uh, quarter of a million dollars matching grant from Lincoln's Harbor of Dreams Foundation, and so they have have a little bit of those dollars that they said they needed to to get this thing moved and done and up at Wyuka for the yep. next step of this as well. So 
And then the other thing, I think we'll probably talk more about this tomorrow, but but uh, Memorial Day weekend coming up, and in Lincoln, that has um, that has met for a long time. That a lot of people gather along the streets of Lincoln, that a lot of cars, a lot of hot rods uh, are cruising the streets in Lincoln. And, of course, um, you probably don't have to have me remind you of what happened last year with a a deadly crash uh, that ended up taking some lives with it. There's been there have been other instances over the years uh, where there have been some problems, whether they're organized events or unorganized uh, official events where there have been injuries. And so it's a. there are some, we're, we can get into it a little bit more tomorrow, but there's some changes that are coming to hopefully keep people safe, keep drivers um, who are in the cars, you know, whether they're actually, because the thing that happened last year was not actually somebody who was part of the, the cruising necessarily. You just had people who were so close to the street um, that they, you know, that there was this fiery crash and. Uh, 20 bystanders injured last year on May yep. 29th. I remember that night, you know, getting getting all the reports of that yep. whole thing. And the other the other thing that I'll just make note of, this will be the third year tomorrow where our good friend Ed Hoffman will not be part of. Yes. Uh, you know, Ed passed away in 2021. Yes. Uh, but he was Mr. Memorial Day to, to Lincoln. Yep, that's, uh, that's correct as we get ready for Memorial Day weekend and uh, for a lot of Lincoln Public School student gradu- students graduation weekend. Today is the uh, last day of school. I should have pointed that out here <laughs> you for just did. folks at Lincoln Public Schools. And I've got, uh, I think I've got thirteen middle school girls coming over to my house after school is over to celebrate <laughs> the last day of school. So pray for me. I- I'd suggest tacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was, I, I have now. I have a very uh, specifically requested uh, list of of very healthy foods that have been uh, very, the, the healthiest candies, um, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be quite a buffet that I need to put together. And then I just, here's the other thing. I just realized normally they get out three o'clock, but this is an early release day that I was not aware of. And <laughs> so, so apparently they're getting out at one forty. So, so I've got, you, you so I've it. got less time. I've, I've got a, I've got a list of foods that we, uh, on the buffet and uh, the request for the outdoor volleyball net to be put up. Uh, and for water balloons to be filled up as well. No. Oh. So we'll see if all of that happens. And then, yeah. And and then we're off to graduation parties tonight. Thursday night graduation parties. Wow. So, They're getting at it. And then the in-laws come in tomorrow for graduation. So, yes, we are... Uh, we are getting. We are already in the early stages of a very busy weekend. And uh, don't forget, request line Friday tomorrow is a graduation song from the year that you graduated. So either just a song from that year, or something that maybe was the song at your graduation. However, you'd like to do it, but just throwing you back to graduation to celebrate the already graduation of some of the people who are uh, listening in the families are the ones that are coming up here this weekend. I'll, and then I'll leave you my song just in case you decide not to play it. Okay, you'll be going. All right, you put it on the list. We'll get it there. We'll get it there for you. And then, uh, Caleb, as I mentioned earlier, Nebraska baseball uh, does survive in advance. Yeah. It took a couple of uh, moments where you thought they might be in trouble, but the strength of this team, its bats, its ability to put up runs in bunches came through yesterday. Yesterday, and that's what's probably going to have to happen if they really make a run at the championship here is, mm-hmm. you know, double-digit runs or something close to double-digit runs might be necessary in every single game for them. Yeah, they're going to have to put a few up, but it's nice when you can get a six spot 
<laughs> you know, when you when you can put that up in the last third inning. of the game. So. That was one of the longest innings in history. Well, yeah, like. because in the top of the inning, uh, Maryland, Rut- yeah. Rutgers, Rutgers put, up, yes. put up three runs yes. to go up six to three, and you're like, oh, no, here we go. Is this, yeah, is this where already, it is? People were like, it's over. It's done after that happened. Well, but. and it, it's been... It's been so hit and mo- what seems like mostly miss when you have had to go to the bullpen if you did fall behind. But Nebraska came back out, got a uh, Gabe Swanson trying to sneak up on that home run race. Yep. <laughs> he, he adds a home run there. There's hit batters and walks, and suddenly Nebraska's up 9-6. to six, And you're like, okay, hold on. Yes. Six more outs. And then, and then Maryland looked like, there was Kyle Maryland, Rutgers gets the gets guys, they get themselves in a good position and a great double play for Nebraska mm-hmm. really was huge in that game. And yeah. so they go on and it, it might be home run derby today out there against Maryland guys. <laughs> it might be, uh, you don't normally say this when you're at that park in Omaha, but I would say the overrunner and home runs in this game might be at least 3.5. Oh, yeah, I think that'd be a good one because Nebraska hit two it, yesterday. But do you remember College World Series as we go there and there weren't home runs like for, for you know days on end of multiple games? Um, but so far there's been, I don't know, yeah, I was watching the night game. There was a home run last night, at least one in the night game last night. Um, yeah, so whatever happened, I don't know if, I don't know what it is, if the wind's blowing the right way, but the, the power is still on there at Charles Schwab Field. It's, it's what Nebraska does. Yeah. It is. All right, there you go. That's what's going on this morning. It is 626. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Jessica Blum. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, lots to get to today. Big news day yesterday around the country, around the world. So we're going to jump into all of that. And a half hour from now, you will uh, hear that cue to call if you want to win Brooks and Dunn. Actually, plus Scotty McCreary tickets. He'll be there at this concert as well, opening up for Brooks and Dunn. If you want to get there, you're going to have to guess what we are thinking of. But we are catering it to you country music fans, since you're likely the ones who are going to uh, most likely want to go see Brooks and Dunn. And so it's a country music-related What is LNK Today with Jack and Friends thinking of today Q to call will be just before 710, and we'll have some fun playing that. It's our version of 20 questions. So stick around for that. Yesterday, last night, more correctly, uh, announcement. It finally has been confirmed. It was pretty clear that it was coming for weeks. But Ron DeSantis announced on Twitter Spaces, well, after they got through the technical glitches, he announced on Twitter Spaces with Elon Musk that he will indeed be throwing his hat into the race for the 2024 GOP nomination. Republican Ron DeSantis was on a new social media platform last night called Twitter Spaces. 
He was trying to announce his run for the White House, but the event was plagued by technical glitches. Soon after, he was on Fox talking about the issues he's ready to tackle. We see the border being overrun. We see crime infesting the cities. On Fox News at night, a spokeswoman for former President Trump's Make America Great Again campaign, Carolyn Levitt, says DeSantis isn't ready for national office. We can't afford to elect a first-timer in Gamble America's future. The latest Fox poll says Trump's leading DeSantis among GOP primary voters 53 to 20 percent. Jill Nato, Fox News. By the way, Twitter Spaces has been here for at least three years. It's been, is it that long? Yeah. It's not brand, it's definitely not brand new, so yeah. It was around in 2020. Yeah, it was around during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I, I've not done a lot of them, but I did one for, to just, after Nebraska beat Wisconsin at the end of the basketball season two years ago, and I just wanted to find people to celebrate with, and so I started a Twitter Space. I was that what you were on when when I asked if you would uh, yes. officiate our wedding? Yes, that's right. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's when that happened. So it, I know it's been around since at least that. But evidently, I don't know exactly what happened. I was not tuned in, but evidently they had some problems technically uh, at the beginning. Yeah, it sounded like it was a uh, poo poo show there for a little bit on just dropped audio. Sometimes a lot of, a lot of silence, just clearing throats. At one point, saying that it was the largest online gathering of, and I was just like, none of that's absolutely not true at all. Yeah, it it wasn't. Um, I and I do. I don't think know it, why you. I mean, I I guess I do kind of know why is to have the it, it's to have the connection to Elon Musk is why is because yeah. he's got a lot of he's got a lot of fans and Musk is. Um, has said before that he's likely to support DeSantis in the race. And so I, that's why you do it. And then you line up the TV inter- interviews after the fact where you're actually going to have people viewing it because you're just, <laughs> I don't know, like there's just not a lot of, and I'm not, listen, this isn't me castigating anyone. I'm not listening to a lot of Twitter spaces. I don't think P- on the fence GOP primary voters in 2024 are real active listening to Twitter spaces No, would be my guess. So no, but you, you do it to get, if you're looking at where like there's a base for someone and, and we already know that it's hard to, it's hard to steal from what Trump has built as a base. Is there an Elon base? Like, is, is there something in there I where mean, you could I be think like, you're Elon's guy. Th- that is, yeah, a hundred percent. Now that's the strategy. Yeah. For for this whole thing, and I don't, it's not the only strategy, obviously, but that's what you're going for, is that there are enough people who are very passionate about Elon Musk, maybe more so than the politicians, that if he says this is the guy, if he says, you know, here's who I want, that he will get some some people backing him just because of that, and that's sort of your 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 big go-to on the thing. But he did announce yesterday, and then he went on, he did TV interviews after the fact, um, went on Fox, I know. And so uh, his hat is officially in the ring, so it begins. Uh, Trump went nuts on Truth Social. Social. I mean, I don't, like, okay, that maybe, he's, his, his Truth Social tweet was about how he has a bigger red button then Ron DeSantis has, and then it was something about Kim Jong Un. Uh, I'd not. I, I honestly didn't understand the whole thing. But Trump, you like, f- for instance, when uh, Trump was when was Tim Scott entered the race, Trump like said like congratulations when Tim Scott 
enter the race, but he's uh, he is he is going in on DeSantis already well, with he, his with his truths. He he knows who the only real competition for him is. Probably right. Yeah, that's probably why. But that could change. I don't know. And then and then Nikki Haley also has now decided to go in on DeSantis. As well. Just got to follow she Trump. Is, take a listen to this. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, who declared her candidacy back in February, released a two-minute video comparing Ron DeSantis to former President Trump. At one point, side-by-side, side, showing DeSantis with similar hand gestures as the former president, who is himself running again. Anybody here would do it. Project to get Judges are a priority. And honestly, we have businesses that have been locked down in lives destroyed. The screen then read, America deserves a choice, not an echo. The last the latter half of the video shows Haley speaking from her candidacy announcement. Other declared GOP candidates now include South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, and the founder of a biotech company, Vivek Ramaswamy. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. All right. Interesting strategy. Basically saying that, that DeSantis is trying to just mimic Trump and so... In terms of not, you know, doing it, showing it through the hand gestures, but meaning in terms of sort of style and politics and and those sorts of things. I don't know. I I've never seen Trump look that cartoony when he laughs. <laughs> that video from Susan. If you haven't seen that video from Susan or I, that is that is something. Uh, all right. Hey, remember a few weeks ago, Caleb, when it uh, they they were showing video of this drone flying around and sort of into the Kremlin and yeah. just exploding. And we were like, what is happening Well, yeah, right because now? that like, happened during the show. And yeah, we were like, hey, what During what the show, on? like something huge happening here. And then not a whole lot came up after it. Well, the United States believes they have some idea of what exactly happened here with this. Russia called it an assassination attempt, a brazen incursion by two drones within Vladimir Putin's presidential compound. It even blamed the United States, which denied any involvement. Now the New York Times tells us what American officials are thinking, that the operation was most likely carried out by Ukraine's special military or intelligence units. The report says it's not clear if President Volodymyr Zelensky or his team had any prior knowledge of the attack jonathan savage fox news but what was the point of it like what was the military strategic point of of it because it looked it it looked like it had the firepower of a pretty good artillery shell that you're going to be able to buy an eagle here in a couple of weeks like you would have had to fly that directly to the person right and it didn't even and it it exploded above, before it was even making contact with the building itself. Now, had it been making contact with the building itself, I'm not sure if it it might have. I mean, it wasn't that thing wasn't blowing a hole or blowing the the dome off that thing. Mm-mm. I guess maybe there would, it would have been a fire hazard after it. But again, I asked a question like, what? What was it? Just a message? Was it intended to do some damage? What the? What was the deal with that thing? If it really was, it sounded something, it sounded more, it looked and sounded more like kind of a small-time job. Yeah. Was the sense that I got from it, but they're talking about it. U.S. is saying it's some sort of special branch of the Ukrainian military. I I don't know. Man, they got it. I'm sure they can fund something better than whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
I agree. Um, uh, you've uh, you've very likely heard by now, but uh, passing reported yesterday of Tina Turner, and uh, I've got a got a pretty. This is a decent size, but it's a good uh, obituary from Martha McCallum on Tina Turner. She was the leggy girl with the raspy voice who became a rock and roll icon. Tina Turner was born Anna Mae Bullock on November 25th, 1939 in Nutbush, Tennessee. By the time she was 16, Anna Mae was hitting the local R&B nightclubs. She met Ike Turner in 1956 at the Club Manhattan. Anna Mae repeatedly begged Ike to let her sing. Eventually, he let her join him on stage. Anna Mae was a hit. He asked Anna Mae to step into the recording booth. The result? The 1960 hit, Fool in Love. It also marked the transformation from Anna Mae Bullock to Tina Turner, a name the songwriter came up with without consulting Anna Mae. By 1969, Ike and Tina had 15 albums and 60 singles to their credit. From movies to mega stages all over the world, performing was always easy for Turner, but life was not. She later told reporters that Ike beat her. When Tina divorced Ike in 1978, she asked for only one thing in the settlement, her name. Tina Turner. No matter what life threw at her, she always came back singing. Martha McCallum, Fox News. All right. One of the all-time great voices, great unique voices uh, in the history of American popular rock and roll music as well. So that was was sad news to hear. You got a whole generation. Boy, you just, you really do have a whole generation of that. Like I grew up her in in the era with... Stevie Wonder and Elton John and you know Paul McCartney's even you know older older than that but there's a there's a large sort of aging population of the real heyday of American music and and worldwide music when you include obviously Paul McCartney and Elton John are British but there's a big group of those that are just kind of getting into that age right now mm-hmm. um, and they're going to get new appreciation when they pass away, which we've talked about, they kind of, I'm sure Tina Turner's streams on, on Spotify are up through the roof today mm-hmm. and, and will continue to be. So, And it's always curious when, when you have something, when you have something like this happen, and it is folks that, they're, they're not in their mid-20s, right? Right. right. It, it's folks that, they, they've been around the block a couple of times, and right. they, they put out a lot of great stuff. Uh, for me, as someone younger, it's, okay, who, who are those people for my generation. Yeah. And like you can look and you're like, okay, well, you're going to have the Taylor Swifts and um, probably the, the Ed Sheerans and the people who are just, they're really, really big and they have been for several years. But like, who is going to be that in 30, 40 years? Who will have stood the test of time yeah. like that <clears throat> and be revered like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it will, it will definitely be interesting. What's always amazing is how fast the obituaries come out. They've, it's, they must have these written for a certain group of, Certain group of uh, people who are oh, of a certain I'm, age. I'm sure a lot of their estates, they've just they they're like, hey. We... But I mean, like the but I mean, like the obituaries, like the oh, like the the, uh, the media obituaries. Oh, the media ones. Yeah, they have got those just lined up. Yeah, yeah. Jim Brown this week, mm-hmm. another one. Jim Brown, Tina Turner. So, and I mean, it, it's nothing to the same level of having 
what your entire nation is doing in the the preparation for before the queen passed right where for decades they've been like running tests. They, they were ready yeah uh but but when you get to these celebrities and the people that have been around especially the ones that have been impactful yeah the 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 media in the large scale has got stuff ready for that in case it were to happen uh got a couple of sports related clips here <laughs> Uh, this one is is crazy. So, if you've been following the football franchise in Washington D.C. and they're changing nicknames yeah. over the year, um, of course, from uh, from originally the Redskins for a long time, then they were getting rid of that uh, because of some sensitivity concerns, and went to Washington Football Team for a year. Which I love kind of got attached team. to. Then they went to Commanders, which I'm sort of more used to it now, but I just thought it was too. I don't know. I didn't think it was very unique, even though I can't think of too many other franchises or schools that use commanders, but it just didn't feel great. But Especially when people really jumped on, yeah, football team. Yeah, but <laughs> if you don't like commanders, you might be in luck because they might be changing again. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office has denied the trademark application for the team's commander's nickname. Part of the reason for that is the existence of a trademark for the Commander's Classic, which is the name of the annual college football game between Army and Air Force. The team still has the option of fighting that decision in court and attempting to work out a deal to use the name. Or the incoming ownership group, led by Josh Harris, could pick a new name altogether for the franchise as something of a fresh start after the controversial tenure of Dan Snyder as owner. The Washington franchise was known as the Redskins until 2020 when Snyder eliminated the nickname under pressure from groups claiming it was a slur against Native Americans. I'm Eric Messersmith, Fox News. Okay, what do you think they're going to do? Do you think the new one? I mean, I get it. A new start is one thing if you've only had one nickname, but if this is your fourth nickname in four years, then I don't think I think they'll probably try and keep commanders. And I've got a feeling they can negotiate with that the the Air Force Army was it Air Force and Army the football game the Commanders class yeah. yeah I was I'm a little surprised I'm a little surprised that they lost on this on their trademark trademark application so they might have a chance because it's all about likelihood of confusion right one is a team and one is a game you know I mean I understand well it's related is there to the going to be sport. confusion if somebody sees Commanders Classic and they go oh is is this a, a Washington game yeah I guess so. I, I I get I, I mean I I understand that's the what sort I, of the reasoning but what I don't understand are these teams you have there and then you had in Cleveland when they went to the Guardians which I hate too are they not looking up what is trademarked and what isn't yeah, yeah well yeah that they've got to be I mean <laughs> they've absolutely got to be on these things but that's that's really interesting that they might have to uh, have to do that and then uh, I got one more one more NFL football related one. Um, continues to be concern among the National Football League that the kickoff rules and the the actual kickoff is just too prone to creating concussion injuries. And we've seen changes in kickoff rules in college football. We have seen changes in rules in the NFL. You've seen other leagues do completely different things for kickoff. Spring game used the spring XFL game, rules. Spring game, you saw something different. The NFL is going to make some changes for this year to see if they can continue to reduce con- concussions. 99.3% of kickoff plays in the NFL last season ended without any players suffering concussions. But on 19 occasions, players were concussed on kickoff plays, which annually produced the highest rate of concussions. 19, five more than the year before. 
NFL executive Jeff Miller said sitting still and continuing to do nothing was unacceptable. Next season, as a one-year trial, the NFL will attempt to diminish the number of significant head injuries on kickoffs by allowing for receiving teams who make fair catches behind their own 25-yard line to still begin possession at the 25-yard line. NFL Competition Committee Chair Rich McKay said the kickoff play is not guaranteed to remain. He said we want to keep it in the game. I don't know that we know we can keep it in the game. Jared uh, Max Fox News. They're go, they're going to go, and and here's part of the reason why. No, number one is because of the safety issues. But then the, when they've done the more safe versions of kickoffs, it's boring. They're not they're not interesting. It's not fun mm-hmm. anymore. So I think they'll I, whether it's that you know the XFL one or whether I think it's the XFL else, one it, it, is your, is your only experience with the XFL one the spring game. Yeah, I haven't watched a lot of XFL. Okay. The spring game, they were just not, they were not set up to do it really, really well. In the XFL, when you've got a bunch of guys who, they are there to, like on the receiving team, they are thinking score. Right. Right away. It is very exciting when you have people that are there to do it and not kind of just be this one-off like we had in the spring game. Yeah, I don't know, but it's... I see the NFL going to that before they just get rid of it. It's completely. just this formality. I mean, it, it's kind of like the extra point, and it's just a, it's a, almost always a touchback. It feels like or I mean, a fair they, catch. They moved the extra point back. Yeah, yeah, which that's what they did in the NFL, and, yeah. and it's more interesting. Now. You have more people going for two. Yeah, like it, it really made it something after a touchdown. What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll finish this this one. Oh boy, food prices update. What's the newest uh, food item that might be uh, going up uh, this time? If you like your orange juice or your uh, peeled oranges, or your regular oranges, you peel them at home, you uh, you might want to watch the market for oranges. Florida orange growers say they're seeing their smallest crop since FDR was president. The causes? Back-to-back hurricanes last year, as well as the impact of citrus greening disease. In Groveland, Florida, Glenn Beck's farm, Beck Brothers Citrus, is dealing with a staggering 60% loss. His crops hit hard by the disease, which leaves the fruit so bitter it can't be sold. There's always been a multitude of pests and diseases to fight, but this one is by far the worst. Uh, it, it is worse than everything else combined. So far this year, orange prices in the U.S. have already surged by 25%. Jill Nato, Fox News. All right. Something to keep an eye out for there as you're uh, doing your, your fruit shopping. 655, we'll take a break. We're here from the Capital Humane Society next. We're giving away those Brooks and Dunn tickets in about 15 minutes. So I'll be listening for that cue to call on KLIN. When you. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. And it is time to check in with Capital Humane Society. Matt Medchar joins us right now to tell us about the pets up for adoption this week. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good, how about yourself? I'm good. Uh, excited to hear about the pets that you got this week, so tell us about them. Yeah, so first off, we have Peter, and he's a five-year-old husky, neutered male, black and white in color, and weighs about 73 pounds. And you can't miss him in the middle of the night. He's got two bright blue eyes that really stand out, and he was surrendered to us. Unfortunately, his previous family lost their home, and they weren't able to take care of him any longer. So they brought him to us, but he is a very... Very friendly with other dogs, loves to play in the playgroups, and so he would probably do well with other dogs his size and his energy level. All right, what else we got? And then we have Taffy. So Taffy's five years old. She's a domestic short hair spade female, and she's a brown-black tabby and weighs in at 16 pounds. But she's one of our longest-tenured cats, and she's been with us since uh, January. So 
she's looking for a home, been looking for a home for a while, and she's a bit independent, but she does like attention, but she likes it on her terms. So uh, if you're looking for a cat that maybe uh, is more of a roommate and less uh, climbing all over your lap constantly, Taffy's that, that cat for you. All right, very good. How can people make adoptions? So Pylock Pet Adoption Center, we're out at 70th and Highway 2. We're open today and tomorrow, 1130 to 7, and then Saturday and Sunday, 12 to 5. Very good. Thanks so much, Matt. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week, all right? Have a good one. There you go, Matt Machado from the Capitol Humane Society. All right, listen up. Ten minutes, excuse me, ten minutes from right now, we're going to have that cue to call. You can win Brooks and Dunn. Scotty McCurry takes to Omaha, but you got to tell us what we are thinking of. 7 o'clock, KLIN Lincoln. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back. And it is time for us to give away some tickets. Brooks and Dunn. Big concert in Omaha, especially for you country music fans. So we thought we would do a country music related. What what are we thinking of? And here's what we're doing. Uh, Brooks had done won the CMA Entertainer of the Year in 1996. They won it that year. And we want to know, we are thinking of another performer or group that has won the Country Music Entertainer of the Year, the CMA Country Music Entertainer of the Year. So that award goes from 1967 to last year. And you're going to ask us a question, yes, no, try and uh, narrow down who, which one of these people or groups we may be thinking of, and then you can take a guess. And it's a person that you've heard of, okay, or a group that you've heard of. And I think it's uh, it may not take too long on this one, but we'll see. We'll see how you all do at this. 402-479-1400. Once someone drops off, you can jump on and take a guess as well. All right, Mike, you're batting lead off today. What, All right, guys. How do you want to narrow this down for the uh, one of the winners of the Entertainer of the Year in the history of the CMAs? Uh, well, I'm really going to narrow it down. Um, did this performer or group, were they, did they wear a lot of sequins on their clothes? Um, uh, hold on, hold on, let's, let's see, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to say, yeah, yes, but just, I mean, hopefully the way I'm answering this is not making this different, but I, I would say, uh, yeah, 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 I would say yes, just Googling uh, some pictures. Um. This is not what I was expecting for the first question. <laughs> oh. um, Conway Twitty? Is it Conway Twitty? No. <laughs> that was an unbelievable strategy there by Mike. 
<laughs> could have narrowed it down in a lot of other ways, uh, giving me a subjective question about the amount of sequins that that person was wearing or group was wearing. Uh, Jamie, you're next. What's your yes/no question about the country entertainer person or group we're thinking of? Uh, uh, male or female? Yeah, it's got to say yes. Make it in a form of a yes/no. Oh, yes or no? Okay. Um, more than five number one hits, singles. You, uh, uh, let me double check that. Um, let's see here. Just a moment. Just a moment. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Yes. I'm thinking. Yes on this thing, but I'm doing some quick sort of. I would say yes. I would say yes. Okay. Significant. Significant hits. Definitely. I will say Toby Keith. Is it Toby Keith? No, it's not Toby Keith. Okay, <laughs> this is going weird. <laughs> Male or female? Make it a yes or no question. We're going to go with something else. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nancy is next. All right, Nancy, yes, no question about the CMA entertainer, person or group of the year that we are thinking of. Uh, did they play in Lincoln oh, like five times in a row? <laughs> I don't. What? I mean, five consecutive concerts in Lincoln. Yeah, at the Pershing Center. Not, not, not that I, not that I know of, but I don't, I, I don't, oh, I don't. That's not good. <laughs> like a residency at the Pershing Center? No, they just kept playing every <laughs> night, and nobody knew it until that day. Okay, now I'm curious about this story. I would say no. I would say the answer is no, because I've never heard oh. of that. Okay. Do you have a guess on who it might be still? Well, I'm just going to say Willie Nelson then. Okay, is it Willie Nelson? No. All right, try again, Nancy. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> that was an all time. This game has some amazing moments, and those first three questions might have been the most interesting, strategic first three questions we have ever had on this game. All right, let's keep going. Steve is uh, next. Steve, what's your uh, yes no question? We are thinking of a CMA Entertainer of the Year. Um, f- first of all, while I was dialing, I missed a couple oh boy. questions. Could you recap? Just yeah, briefly? I'd love to. Number one, does this person wear sequins often? Okay. I said, I guess yes. Number two question was, does this person have more than top five number one hits? I said, yes. Yeah. Number three was, did this this entertainer play five concerts in a row at Pershing yeah. Auditorium in Lincoln? And I said, I don't think so. No. I honestly okay. haven't been sure on any answer I've given yet. Okay. Um, does this person's last name start with A through L? No. Mm. Um, is it Tim McGraw? Tim McGraw? No, but that was probably the best strategy we've had so far. Back to the phones, 402-479-1400. Miss Chris. Chris, what Hi. question do you have about the CMA entertainer we're trying to think of? Is it a female? Yes. Good question. Oh, yeah. Very good question. 
I wasn't even thinking of person. Um, That's all right. Just think of the female country singers that you could. These are all big Tina names. Turner. Oh, country singers. Country. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't Tina Turner. No, country singers. Con- <laughs> this is the C- the um, entertainer um, entertainer of the year in the CMAs. Taylor Swift. Is it Taylor Swift? No, but again, I'll. I feel like that's improvement. There's no prize for that, but we are looking for improvement. All right, Nancy. Uh, uh, sorry, I didn't have a better answer for you last time, but let's. Uh, what's your question now? We know it's a female. Well, that's a hard one. Was it a duo? No, not a duo. Oh no! Uh, female. Reba si- McIntyre. Yeah, it's Reba. <laughs> it's Reba McIntyre. That's what we were it looking is? for. Yeah, it is, Nancy. You it, won. It is. I won tickets to Brooks and Dunn. You did. You are going to see Brooks and Dunn and, and Scotty McCreary. On June 1st in Omaha. Congratulations. Are you excited? Oh, thank you. Hey, will you tell me what you were talking about with Pershing? Uh, Don't you remember the first year we moved to Lincoln, 1989 um, or so? so, uh, Garth Brooks just kept playing there. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't recall. I was here then. I don't recall that, but that's interesting. I mean, I I was 12. I was twelve, yeah, Nancy. He did, no, he he probably had a layover, you know, <laughs> and he just kept playing. And then the next day, they announced he was playing again, and he was playing again. And true? we were just we had a little baby, and we couldn't afford to go. But boy, did I want to go! But he did it like five times, and I thought, boy, he must be manic. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Well, enjoy the concert. You're going to see Brooks and Dunn. Good job on the contest. You, uh, Thank you. Despite my, despite my misgivings about your strategy, you won it, so I probably should shut up and just congratulate you. Good job. Thank you. Thanks, Nancy. Like we're going to get your info so you can get the tickets. Oh. Hang tight. Yep. All right. Reba McIntyre. That was the one that we were thinking of. <laughs> yes, that... Um, Reba McIntyre, she won. I lost the year that that uh, she won it, but she, along with Brooks and Dunn, were CMA Artist of the Year. Actually, it was Entertainer of the Year. So it could have been a group because Brooks and Dunn won it as a group. But it's mostly, if you look at the history of the of the award, uh, you'll see that it was mostly single um, single acts here on this thing. So there you go. Uh, that's our last uh, pair of tickets to Brooks and Dunn. So hopefully uh, we get that. You get a uh, you enjoy that concert there, Nancy. And we'll have more tickets on Ticket Thursday coming up next week. We have still got a ton of concerts in Lincoln coming up this summer that uh, we are making sure that they hold us a pair back for the LNK today with Jack and Friends listeners. And so you can go to concerts in the Lincoln. We got Pinewood Bowl tickets still yet this year. There's a bunch of shows at Pinewood Bowl. Big ones still coming to Pinnacle Bank Arena as well. We'll get you up to Omaha every once in a while like we are on this one too. And uh, Caleb, that was... Nancy's awesome. She said she woke up like right before the contest, heard the cue to call and called she's been she's got a she is uh she's a veteran of the of the calling games here on lnk today with jack and friends even though there have been some long breaks in between uh she is a veteran and she's pulled off some some amazing wins here on this one and she did it once again do do, do they wear sequins 
Is it a male was, or female? Okay, was I right? Does she wear... See, I, we, we both did the same thing. We Google image searched her and just sort of take took a mental inventory of how many times I mean, in the picture she was wearing sequins. I would say a good 30% of the time she was wearing sequins. So... I guess yes is the probably the the best way to say that. I mean, you can't ask me but, a subjective question but, and expect a solid answer. Because otherwise, if I were to give more than just a I guess yes, it would be yeah, but she's not known for it. Like I wouldn't say she's known for wearing sequins. Yeah, now I wonder who you was get who Mike was getting at with that question. I thought he and was trying to get at guess- Dolly Part. I thought he was. I honestly sort of thought he was going to get it. At that point, because I assumed he was going for a female artist when he said sequence, but I'm not sure that he was. So that was our first question. Then it then it was, is it male or female? You said... You have to ask you, a yes-no question, and instead of saying, is it male, he asked, or is it, it female, he said... Uh, are there... Well, and then he didn't even put it in a yes-no, or he was just like, oh, more, more or less than, than five... Five oh, di- number one hits, and we just went with, okay, well, we're just going to answer the one for more. Right, okay. So, and to be honest, I assume that's true. That's got to be, I assume that's the case with her. Did you ever confirm that? Yeah, 24 number one hits. Oh, geez. Okay. So a uh, solid yes. Yeah, that was question number three. Uh, Question number two. Yeah. And then question number three was Nancy's thing about the guard, the 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 multiple concerts just kept playing. (laughs) Is this true? Does anybody else remember this? Did Garth Brooks go on a run of like I think I really five liked, concerts? I really liked when Nancy, this, when she was telling you the story, said, well, don't you remember in 89 when we first moved here? And you're like, yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> wouldn't have known you, I guess. <laughs> no, I was, I was here then. But I didn't know. That's the thing. In 1989, I had no idea who Garth Brooks was. I didn't know who Garth Brooks was until mm-hmm. two years later. So after Probably. So you had those for your first three questions. And then it became... Does the last name start with A through L? And obviously we said no. And um, and then the guesses started to ballpark it a lot more. Then it was, uh, is it male or female? Or is it, they asked, is it a male? And it yes. was no. And then it was, last name. What, is, is it a duo? Yes. <laughs> is it a duo? Into, it well, if it's female. not a duo, gotta be Reba. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one sure thing about... About this game in particular, what are we thinking of? Is if you think, if based on the question and the difficulty of the answer, you think you have a good sense of how the game is going to go as the person who is running the show, you are always wrong. (laughs) Because I remember when we did the one about tax rates and we had India and we could not get anyone to guess the country of India, and people were guessing, like, Sri Lanka and stuff. <laughs> we were getting really in-depth. Yeah, like, one of the largest countries in the world, and no one could get to that one. <laughs> you just, you never know what you were going to get on on the Guess What Ellen K today with Jack and Friends is thinking of, so. I don't know, is it time? I think uh, when we're all back here at the end of the summer, we're all taking some various vacations, my when is it when is long enough to bring generation collaboration back <laughs> just something so we have a steady we know what's happening which is which i keep i always say that and then i get into it and it's just as annoying because <laughs> because caleb wins and it's so unfair and ridiculous <laughs> and so then i get mad at that and i start saying when can we quit this and bring the regular games back but i don't know we seem to be what would you say went better what is Ellen K today thinking of this week or last week's lie detector with the country songs? 
Oh, the the lie detector with the I I just I enjoyed the process of I enjoy the process of making up the lies. <laughs> I will admit that. That's why I often default to that one because I love making up the lies and seeing people fall for them. But except nobody did because he went three for three out the gate last week. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And then we went through all the right answers. Otherwise, we could have reused those. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, but if we reuse them. We wouldn't have gotten this. Yeah, that's true. That is true. 724. All right. Congratulations to uh, Nancy. We got a check sports coming up 10 minutes from right now. We got your morning drive. Count down the five things you're talking about today. Robin and Dave ran at 810. Greg Sharp uh, on the verge or uh, on the uh, on the day of calling another Big Ten baseball game tournament in Omaha. That's all coming up. You listen to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top hot. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, real quick, I just got a question on the uh, text line, or I guess it was our, on our Twitter, about what uh, the theme for this week's request line Friday is. It's your graduation year. So, song from your graduation, if you specifically remember the song from your graduation, uh, if you want to do that, or if you just want to pick one that was popular that year or the summer after your graduation, we'd love to hear that. And uh, go ahead and shout out your your school if you'd like to do that. That's what we're doing. So text that into 402-479-1400. And I probably should point out uh, the easiest day of the year to get the kids out of bed for school is uh, <laughs> the last is just one. that. We probably have, yeah, we probably have, everybody's everybody's early, everybody's had breakfast right now. Uh, you know, it's not one of those days where you're like, we're going to be 10 minutes late because the kids were up and at them bright and early today. So if that was you, congratulations. I always remember, I always remember that episode of the, I don't know if you're supposed to talk about this anymore, but the Cosby show when, uh, when Cliff had to wake up the kids on the first day of school, Claire sends him up and Cliff goes up and he's like, you, he's like, I don't want to wake him up. And. And uh, she says to him, well, I did it last time. And he said, the last time we did this was the last day of school. And all you had to do was yell from the kitchen, school's starting. And everybody in the entire neighborhood got up. <laughs> the last day of school. So I have a feeling that's uh, that's happening around a lot of places right now for people, kids who are still in school and maybe finishing things up today at LPS. All right, let's get things going with number five. Law enforcement is going to be out for the holiday weekend. LSO sheriff's deputies uh, have a special click-it-or-ticket enforcement that starts tomorrow. goes through June 4th on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. LPD planning and beefing up patrols. Uh, hope to prevent a tragedy like we saw last year. Bring the holiday right here at, what, 52nd and 0? Right by Barnes & Noble, yeah. 20 people injured and two people lost their lives. So they'll be okay. doing the extra patrols, uh, camera monitoring, um, you know, just trying to tamp it down. And well, Officer Chad yesterday was talking about it. And, yeah, you know. yeah, it's um, it's it's just a yeah, it's a busy it's a busy weekend. 
And then you've got people in the car community, uh, too, that really love this. Um, then, and, you know, they want, they don't want people being out there who are morons and putting this thing in jeopardy that they like to do on this weekend as well. So, uh, officer asking the public to use good judgment, obey the law, be in control of your actions to help keep everyone safe. Goal of the event is to be safe, fun for pedestrians, spectators, and vehicle traffic. But, yeah. It's hard not to think. Not only, and it wasn't just last year, Mark. There have been other years too. Even, even then, when they were more sanctioned events, when they had the official Americruz going on here, um, you've had uh, issues with pedestrians and injuries and and even deaths as well. Without, and so it's just something. It far too has happened far too many times, and issues have happened far too many times with this. So let's hope that uh, we have a a rel, you know. I would, I would say a relatively quiet weekend. It'll probably still be loud, but hopefully not loud with uh, with injuries and accidents and those sorts of things. Uh, moving on. Number four. Lawmakers one step away from repealing mandated motorcycle helmets. Advancing a long-sought proposal yesterday, State Senator Ben Hansen, who's chair of the Health and Human Services Committee, offered an amendment to do so during debate on a bill related to the Department of Motor Vehicles. Uh, they've actually merged uh, provisions of LB-91 into LB-138, uh, bill by Lincoln Senator Carol Bosson related to DMV actions. So. Um, it's close. Man, so th- so they basically have put it, they put it on this, in this bill. This they, They've approved the amendment that puts this into the bill. 30 I mean, to 5, yeah. So yeah. Was, is this a, uh, is this another issue where we've got multiple multiple subjects in one bill or where there's going to be an allegation of that at least i don't know probably but you've also got feels uh, like we need to clarify what you can and can't do with that you've got people on either side of the political aisle uh supporting and opposing yeah this is one of those ones where it doesn't necessarily clearly go down traditional political i mean i think i think probably the the most traditional you know, conservatives would want less regulation and liberals would want more regulation on those sorts of things. But that's not really how it bears out with where people are on this whole thing. Um, Helmets would still be required for anyone uh, under 21 Okay, in this bill. Okay. The, the crazy thing about this, Mark, is longer than any... It feels like this is every single year this thing has come up since I've been doing the show and covering the legislature since 2006... And it's always rejected. Always comes up, always rejected. Always comes up, always rejected. And if this is the year, after all of the things where you were like, man, it's going to be hard to get bills passed this year. It's just a lot of stuff is never going to get, 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 you're not going to get to at all. If this is the year where it does actually happen after it didn't, all those other quote unquote regular legislative sessions, that'll really be something because they've never had the votes. And I don't know, and there are, you know, like you said, there are people um, and senators on the right side of the aisle who are who are not all in favor of this. So I don't know how that's going to, they got it into the bill, but I don't know what the vote's going to yeah. be there after that. So. And of course we did have, you know, we had quite a few new senators this year. So that, that also adds that this is new to several of them. Yeah. And, and they may have had firmly held beliefs prior to this that had nothing to do with all of the other stuff before. Um, I don't remember the specifics of prior bills, but whether there was the age limits or the age requirements in there, this requires, uh, this would allow no helmet 
if you're 21 or older and have done a safety course, I believe, is yes. the, the detail. Yeah. It. So we'll see where it ends up, but uh, I'm sure the governor will uh, be signing it if it does. Clear the final hurdle. I don't know. You think so? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know where he is yep. on this thing, well, but maybe he will. Yeah. We'll see. All right, moving on. Number three. Former President Trump blasting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' campaign launch as a catastrophe and a disaster uh, in a Truth Social post yesterday. He says, uh, this was the post, wow, the DeSantis Twitter launch is a disaster. His whole campaign will be a disaster. And in all caps, watch. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Um, yeah, he did the uh, Twitter spaces with Elon Musk. Had technical difficulties. Some users lost sound. Couldn't get the live broadcast. He's kind of, as you heard at the, the was at the bottom of the hour there, he's kind of spinning it as we had so many people who were using the thing. It broke Twitter because of the volume of people who were there. <laughs> they need a few that's more servers. One way, that's one way to spin it, I suppose, <laughs> on this whole thing. But, man, pr- Trump is opening up on him. Oh. Um, and it, this is just the beginning of this. Well, don't you think this is also a swipe at uh, Musk? Uh, maybe. Maybe a little. But, yeah, because Musk is ba- is is basically backing DeSantis. And if... Yeah, and, and so that'll make him a de facto enemy of Trump's yep. and, and somebody that he will go after, too. Like, if you're already at this level, though, in May of 2023, and oh, no. these two are really going to go down to the wire, it's going to get back and forth nasty pretty quickly. Yeah, the one thing it's, that you're not going to be yeah. you're not going to be able to play nicey nice forever. No, Even and a lot a lot is scheduled for next year. I mean, Trump goes on trial for the business dealings in yeah, March. Isn't that March, right in the middle of primary season. If that doesn't give some of the other candidates a uh, <laughs> some fodder, I don't yeah, know what well, would. I don't. I don't know if some of them will never take the fodder, and they are they are. <laughs> basically entering this race to hand it over for some reason which is be a interesting little, to see who they, to who these other ones though come out and support if they drop out you mean who everybody kind of gets around as yeah. the real primary challenger right. to Trump everybody kind of assumes it'll be DeSantis but I don't know we've thought like I said several times we've thought it was clear at the beginning of primaries before who the clear front runner is and months after that it would completely change I'll I'll go back to this one over and over again Obama's first time he got elected in 08 when I predicted about this time of year or it might have even been later in the year so in like 07 I predicted the general election was going to be Hillary Clinton versus Rudolph Giuliani that's right. In the 08. They were I, I, they were the front runners. They were the they were the clear front runners at that time. Yeah, that's right. And neither of them won. And people forget that Giuliani even ran at this point. That's true. So I just saw on Donald Trump's Truth Social an image that he shared, and it might be a video. I'm not going to click on it, but <laughs> it's got the Ron DeSantis announcement Twitter space, which has been edited to have Elon Musk as the host, Ron DeSantis as a speaker. But you've also got Dick Cheney as a speaker, Adolf Hitler on there, the devil, and the FBI. (laughs) Well, uh, DeSantis in the the deal finally did admit that one of the first things he would do is fire Christopher Wray at the FBI, so... Uh, I know it's just funny. <laughs> let's get let's get people that people perceive negatively. Let's see what do we got. Obviously the devil, right? We got the devil. Got to have Dick Cheney, 
right? <laughs> Nazis, right? Uh, Nazis, definitely, and the FBI. <laughs> did you hear what the Biden campaign did during the 20 minutes or so? No. They sent out sent out a, a tweet, I believe it was, said, this link works, and oh, it was a link to the Biden Nikki campaign. Nikki Haley did something like that, too. <laughs> oh, God. Why would you go on spaces? I, I, the only reason I can figure out that you would do that is because you really want to get a... You want that Elon Musk association slash... I don't know if it's an endorsement yet or when it'll become an endorsement, but you want that to be front and center. You want that association mm-hmm. clear to a group of voters. That's the only reason you do that. Well, yeah, you're You going- don't do it because... You don't do it because you're getting hurt by a lot of people on that. No, you're 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 embracing the social media, and and the communications efforts. Yeah, that's that's but all it is. Of course, you schedule the TV interviews right after it because you're going to get way more people watching that sure. than you are in in a Twitter space, which is not a great place to do something like that, especially no. when it doesn't work. I would have just yeah, yeah. I I think that's the case. Number two. In their first Big Ten Conference tournament game in several years, Nebraska did not disapp- disappoint. Number four seed, top five seed Rutgers, 9-5 to five yesterday afternoon. They'll take on Maryland. 9-7. to 9-7? to seven? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not uh, the Dolly Parton song. Uh, Huskers take on Maryland this afternoon. Yep. Or this evening. Yeah, this evening. It's scheduled for six. Um, sometimes it, these tur- conference tournaments kind of push things back a little bit, but that's scheduled right now pregame at 5.30. And Caleb, I'm kind of convinced that for Nebraska to go on the run that they need to in this tournament, you're going to have to flirt with a lot of games like this where you're looking at double digits or close to double digit runs. And that's what this team does best, but they're going to be, these are going to be, with Nebraska, if they're in them, they are going to be long high-scoring shootout games. Yes. That, that, and that, that's just the way. Even with Nebraska. be outscoring the other team. Nebraska put out its its best pitchers yesterday. Yep. Right? Experience. Really. I mean, Shannon Perry, tons of experience, like, right? It, it, and they both struggled. Even the guys, yeah, the guys you brought out of the bullpen. That's who you'd want to bring right. in out of the bullpen. Buzz, nine, yeah. Nine to six was your final. Yeah. So if that's where you're at with what you would expect to be kind of your number one rotation. As soon as you start to get into some of these others, you go, all right, guys, we're going to need a dozen runs tonight. Mm-hmm. There's already this Big Ten tournament, if you've been watching or following all of the games, there's there's sometimes a thought, at least I've got, that that Charles Schwab, formerly TD Ameritrade Park, if you've watched College World Series, it's just it's not a very home run friendly ballpark. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Big Ten tournament's had some significant ones so far. I mean, Iowa right away got a grand slam in in their tournament game to start off the whole thing. Michigan had a big one last night. There were a couple, you know, a few in the Nebraska game, mm-hmm. big ones in the Nebraska game as well. So the park isn't necessarily it's, it's not playing like a park right now where home runs aren't going to be possible. And so with the the lineup that Maryland's got, with the lineup that Nebraska's got, and with the, where these pitching staffs might be, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't wouldn't be surprised if this looks like home run derby for at least as much as you see something like that in this field. Mm-hmm. Three, four, five homers, maybe? Yeah. I think it's possible today. Absolutely. But if you're in Nebraska, you want this thing to, I think you want this thing to be in the range of 11 to 9, 12 to 10, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where it's at. You want this game to end up being three and a half to four hours because there's just runs. I, I think so. And I know that's going to decimate your bullpen, but. That's going to start happening to everybody mm-hmm. in this thing. But 
If you win this one, everybody else has to win an extra game. Yeah. You have that advantage. Everybody else has to play an extra game. You get, to get tomorrow through. off. Tonight, tonight, this game is huge. If Nebraska can pull this off tonight, winning the Big Ten tournament all of a sudden, you know, we sort of speculated about it. Hey, this is what they've got to do. But then it looks like something that is a legit possibility. Mm -hmm. But it's got to be a win tonight against a Maryland team that took two out of three against Nebraska just a couple of weekends ago. Number one. Some health experts uh, calling it a scientific breakthrough. A man paralyzed 10 years ago in a cycling accident actually walking again. Swiss doctors put a digital implant on the surface of the patient's brain. It relays nerve signals to a computer that uses artificial intelligence to decode their intent, and those are sent wireless, wirelessly to another implant in the lower spinal cord. It bypasses the damaged nerves, wow. and uh, the Gert Jan Oskums was actually able to walk. It's a, a slow gait. He also is able to climb stairs. Yeah, I saw some of the pictures. So, of, this is I incredible. saw the video last night. Yeah, the video, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's incredible how they do this. Like, like you were saying, it basically goes... Goes the brain signals are interpreted, sent to a computer. Artificial intelligence figures out their intent, transmits it back to new. I'm not saying this perfectly scientifically how they do it, but transmits it back, as you said, to his his body implants in the lower spinal cord in that basically take over from the ones that were damaged. And, and there's um, some speculation that it may be able to reestablish new nerve paths, even though the spinal cord has been damaged. Oh, really? It may at some point. So that you don't need to that you don't need to go to the third party, that, essentially, is what well, you're saying? Well, that, that's one of the, the hypotheses of this, that, that it could, in fact, reestablish those uh, simply by the activity that happens, but they so have no this idea. So, this is the other side of the uh, AI deep fakes and war with the robots. That you have got AI that can basically interpret what your brain waves are trying to say and transmit that message back to your body as an right. interpreter of brain waves essentially what, that's what, insane what you have to wonder is do you actually have to think that i want to take a step now i want to step up yeah or is this just something that that becomes automatic and i AI, don't know and ai learns I don't, who all knows these? what it feels like but can you imagine what you know th- think about stroke victims right that and what this might might be for them if this kind of technology is there. Yeah. In well, addition to paralysis, physical paralysis, no, both physical, but but paralysis like this with the spinal cord. How many things can you do with this? It's incredible. All right, that is it for the uh, morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth and Management. You're listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. National Weather Service just put out a graphic saying Lincoln's got a 43% chance for some afternoon rain today. So, you know, it could happen. We could also, you could also buy a lottery ticket today and win the lottery tonight. Both of them are not impossible. Yeah, those are possible things. I mean, I look at radar right now, and uh, uh, not much. Not (laughs) much happening right now, but they said in the afternoon, so we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens with that. Hey, don't forget to request on Friday tomorrow. 
With uh, graduation coming up this weekend for LPS, a bunch of other schools have already done theirs. We're doing graduation theme. Go back to your graduation year, either the ceremony itself, the year, the summer of that year, and tell us a song that reminds you of that time in your life. And we'll be playing them tomorrow. It's 8 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Final hour. We've got Greg Sharp coming up about a half hour from right now. A little less than that, actually, as he will be on the call for Nebraska and Maryland, the Big Ten Tournament. Tonight on KLIN. But first, it is time to talk to Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, the Grow Lincoln team, and uh, find out what's happening in the business, retail, restaurant world, both locally and nationally right now. Good morning, Robin. How are you doing today? I am doing well Good. for a happy Thursday. Good, Dave. How about you? Good morning, Good. gentlemen. Good. Let's uh, let's jump into this, Robin. The ICSC convention, which is the largest retail convention in the country, uh, took place earlier this week. And you learn a lot kind of about the trends, what's coming in the industry, and what ends up kind of trickling down to our own communities when you follow some of these industry events. So tell us what you know about what, what happened there this week. Always fun news from this Las Vegas convention, and I'll quote directly from an article by CoStar. Um, recently vacated space. And we're talking about the former Bed Bath & Beyond and Tuesday morning types of sites. Mm -hmm. Um, They are being leased by a throng of fast-growing chains such as dollar stores, off-price retailers such as TJX, and digitally native brands that now deem it necessary to have brick-and-mortar locations, Brokers said. As a matter of fact, I heard on a national podcast this morning that for every Bed Bath & Beyond store, there are five companies on a waiting list to try to grab that space. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you're And that's good news. Yeah. Yeah, that that small is the new big. I was going to say, what is it about those spaces specifically that make them so desirable? Small is the new big, yeah. Some of the bigger retailers are doing smaller concepts now okay all right what else um the retailers who get squeezed though are going to be those who have catered to kind of the middle such as macy's and colts so they're kind of having a little bit of a struggle um for people who are living paycheck to paycheck they tend to swim to the deep discount stores so that they can save costs so the deep discount retailers are going to see huge increases um And on the other end of the scale, the top 5% consumer income earners who don't change their habits because they have enough money, um, they they will probably continue to support tier one brands such as Warby Parker and Lululemon. So you may not see much change in the upscale malls. Um, Year to date, so that would be, you know, from January to May this year. Major retailers have announced 74, almost 75% more closings, but strangely, almost 7% more openings compared to last year. Okay, so, so they're both up. Yeah, we, we still had 
decent interest rates a year ago. So they started those lease deals and those shopping centers and retail started to come back. But now, you know, well, eek. and with that number with closings, it's I mean, you've had a couple of big you've had a few Again, big groups. Bed Bath and Beyond. Bed, Bath, Beyond. Yeah, and CVS just announced a, right. Right, a whole bunch, including the one right up here down the street so right yeah that's a significant one now what one, one good thing we don't have the problem of overbuilding that is for sure because the compression on retail has been going on for a long time so you have not seen any new malls announced in lincoln nebraska mm-hmm. have you um developers have pulled back and so that's that's making the rents just as high as they ever were you know it's not changing the rents but there are some headwinds ahead according to landlords and brokers inflation will continue to strain household incomes and the prediction is generally that the second half of this year is going to be a lot tougher than the first half Um, americans are expected to roll back their spending until the holidays okay all right a lot of good information mixed news really mixed news from las vegas yeah uh all right very interesting well let's go to the news that we've got here from lincoln and the surrounding area about businesses restaurants and retail uh, and we'll go to Dave for that. And yeah. we've got, uh, sounds like a, uh, a new restaurant coming to South Lincoln. What do we got? Yes. Southwest. Uh, it's a new Mexican ice cream and, uh, Mexican drive in, excuse me, dine in and drive through. This is at 10th and South. It is the former location of Little Kings. Oh, yeah. Uh, they don't quite have their name set up yet. They are talking about uh, having the food being made in front of the customers, not in the back like you are used to. Okay. Ice cream is going to open f- as fast as it can. The restaurant will take a little bit longer because they need to install some cooking equipment, not the least of which is a hood, hmm. cooking hood. I wonder how Mexican ice cream is different than American ice cream. That's well, I a, don't that like know, but know. have you had... Uh, Mexican fried ice cream before I assume. Oh yeah, yeah it's been a long time. Wow. But yeah, that's that's one of the few desserts I kind of desire. Yeah, <laughs> and aren't aren't some of theirs more? I'm thinking of this one that I've been inside that restaurant up by the stadium to pick up lunch. I didn't get the ice cream, but it looked like like sherbets. You know, okay. kind of a little bit different than the creamy white stuff with the. Interesting. With the chocolate chip, it wasn't like the chocolate chip cookie dough. It was a little right. different. Right. All right. Well, that and by the way, that's a big ice cream area already because Zesto isn't far from there as it, well. You're so. right. That's the thing. There is a Zesto um, almost right next door. There's yeah. a Delion's yeah. and a Taco John's. That's right. And yeah. uh, Mr. R- Ashelman from Ashelman Commercial Real Estate was the one who worked with them, and he said they have no fear. They yeah. are not worried I was gonna about say, I this. didn't think about the other Mexican restaurants, but Zesto is a, that's a, a there's usually a line there on summer nights at Zesto, right. which maybe that, maybe that, maybe you know that you've got the people and you can see that you've got this other place to go to and that helps. And I I'm, think this is going to cater to a slightly different. Maybe that's a it. A little bit different, different crowd, yeah. but you know, again, I think ice cream is this year's microtrend, Jack. Maybe. <laughs> We're just I all I know is when my, my son used to play the uh, his his baseball games out at Sawyer Snell Field, every time we came back on South Street after that, we drove by that Zesto. Can we go to the Zesto? And so right. we spent lots of dollars on summer nights at that Zesto. A lot of time waiting in line, too. Plus, I remember you have to have cash there. No cards. Yeah. That was another big thing. I missed the one at 14th and Pine Lake. That was, that was yeah, you know, that, was that there stuff, for a while. it just goes down yeah. smooth. Yeah, and I, just, yeah, I agree. I agree. 
that Zesto, though, it just reminds me of the the ice cream shops in small towns. Yes. You yes. know, because it's a smaller one. Because you Every, walk up to you it. You walk up to yeah. it. The Dairy Queens. Yeah. yeah. The, the, our childhood. Well, like it, but like my wife's hometown of Grinnell, Iowa, they have one called Dairy Barn. And right. it's this tiny, it's this tiny thing that's all lit up and they serve all kinds of food and there's lines. I mean, every night there's just lines like crazy there. Yeah, and I think that's what you're talking yes, about. Yes, that yeah. is exactly what I'm talking about. It, it makes me think this. of camp. There was always an ice cream <laughs> store at camp. I don't know, yeah. but every small town, it seems like, yeah. has one These small towns just kind of like the same and thing. And it was kind of a hangout for yes. for the teenagers yeah. uh, in those small and towns. And people just stay there. They, they, they <laughs> stay there. There's tables around there. And, and, and stay there talk. And, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so big news there on 10th and South. Uh, more news uh, here. What do we have here? This is news apparently from uh, Urban Development here in right. town. Uh, urban uh, Urban Development's uh, presentation at the Chamber of Commerce the other day uh, at 335 North 23rd, basically 23rd in R Street, there's going to be an incubator for restaurants. So what that means is they will have a shared kitchen some outdoor dining they're planning on six spaces they're assuming that it's going to be ethnic food just for a reference point that's in the area where there's a petro mart on on the one corner there so at 23rd so is this an incubator meaning that they're still going to they're looking to retail i mean they're still sell the people can go there and eat just meaning that it's it's uh, a space for usually startups Mm -hmm. uh, is is what are going into so they can essentially try that they They can can try and test out their concepts yeah and find out whether or not they need to uh stay there for a little while i've never heard of that an incubator for restaurants that's interesting i don't know if this is the same one but i'm guessing it is a few months ago we reported on a non-profit that was going to start some sort of you know, non-profit restaurant. Yeah, I, I kind of remember And that. I'm wondering if this is kind of the same thing because you, the idea is that it's almost it's almost like a laboratory or a school mm-hmm. or, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to Southeast Community College. Yeah, that's the, what I thought of too. Uh, you know, yeah. has that restaurant inside and they people learn. And so this is almost like, creating a food court and using it as a well, education you, it gives you you don't have to you know you use the equipment you that you've got, the you share the kitchen share the equipment and yeah. you can try your recipes there right before you have to invest in the brick and mortar yeah. and the equipment and all of those things and and, and the kind of see, you know the regulation kind of on and codes on, I mean, this is kind of, you know, construction stuff here, but the regulation and codes on putting in a kitchen hood have gotten so expensive in the last, I would say, five years. Yeah, well, and the equipment alone also. I and mean, the just- equ- equipment is pricey. Yeah. And it really shuts out that local startup. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's almost to the point where only national chains can afford to build something new. So this would be a way to do it. Mm. Get six of them at one time. They share the kitchen, you know. I want to go. They should have uh, bring people in there for us. I'd like to have a night there, and I'll just make all my favorite dishes and see how they sell them. <laughs> Sign fun. up. That'd be fun. I don't know if that's a thing. Chef <laughs> I night. Know, I don't know how that works exactly, but uh, that's interesting. All right. And then uh, more news, uh, 27th and Woods Boulevard. So it's yeah. north of Highway 2, so southwest Lincoln here. What do we have? Well, uh, Adam, I uh, believe it's uh, Schlattman, uh, messaged us that the U.S. bank that was on that corner of 27th and or 27th 
excuse me, and Woods Boulevard has been torn down. And we confirm that and the house next to it. Uh, no immediate plans other than they're hoping for some office tenants and that Shopco and all the rest of that strip center will eventually oh, really? come down and apartments are coming to the east northeast part of that uh, that property. part is interesting huh yeah that's that whole that, that's area. been, so the that's US been Bank, slated for apartments for a while the u.s bank is the area that's just north of the the shopco complex right it's, yeah. it's, it's more, right it's more west 27th north and west but it's yeah, yeah it's yes mm-hmm. yeah it might yeah or or straight to the north of wells fargo that uh okay is over there is there still an is that rb still is that yes. there, is that still open it's still open and that will stay okay mm-hmm. so the arby's will be there but the rest of it they're getting rid of and apartments there apartments in the in what i think some people would say the back corner which is the northeast portion of the property yeah and then i'd say uh, big property i mean if yeah. they demo that thing they got a parking lot they got i mean that's a there's probably something else still to go there oh isn't yes there? Yeah. yeah, there'll the be other plan. commercial. The plan is other commercial. Yeah, and, a lot of office. buildings actually. I mean, yeah. it's more more a collection of smaller buildings than one big huge strip center. It showed um, apartments up in kind of the corner of the property, and then maybe some retail and more office buildings as you get down closer to the Arby's. Mm-hmm. Man, that feels like a building of my youth for that thing to yeah. to go down, especially the Valentinos. I was going to say Valentinos. It always comes back to the Valentinos that was there. Yeah. But. And Dave, am I remembering right that this is the same people developing it as have South Point Mall? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That, that develops South Point Mall. Yes. Very right interesting. I mean, look, think, about, think about the traffic that goes by that, mm-hmm. that place. I mean, at least if you consider the... Form old Highway Two Nebraska Parkway traffic at that that twenty seventh and Nebraska Parkway intersection has got to be one of the busiest in the entire city. I know because I've sat in it trying to turn left yeah, many well, times through particularly multiple. Particularly if you pick a couple times of the day. Yeah. Yes. And absolutely. that and keep in mind too that bike trail there. Yeah, there's yeah, a the place to park yes. back there, and you could really do some things with some of you know coffee or restaurants or. That's a good point. You you know and the people living back along in there. That's a, a really good access point for trail walking. Yes, yeah, tons of residential right over there through that through that old neighborhood there on Twenty Seventh Street. It's a real Street. pivotal transportation point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm fascinated to see what they'll they'll do with that. You you know what that parking lot used to be famous for had the biggest pile of snow. snow. Yeah. <laughs> if you, you always had you always knew spring was here when we had those really snowy winters when the pile of snow on 27th and Highway 2, old Highway 2 was finally melted. I wonder what they'll do now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, Saturday show, we'll, we'll kind of see what baseball does here a right. little bit, but it looks like you're going to have at least a portion of a show. What do you have What do you have planned for Here's Saturday? Here's what we have planned, and if if uh, we get a little bit of baseball interruption, we'll air the remainder of the following week. A report on housing in Lincoln. Are there more homes to pick from? If you want to go buy something right now, we'll ask the Realtors Association of Lincoln. Lincoln Electric System, they have some grant money available for, if you're thinking about doing something with insulation or something related to energy conversation conservation they're going to tell us how much money they have left for you um, new businesses coming to lincoln will have kevin custer from lincoln partnership for economic development and with some announcements all right so there you go We've got a good show coming up this saturday and uh looking forward to it hey appreciate all the information today guys and looking forward to checking in with you again next week and seeing what's happening in the business world in lincoln all right 
There you go, Robin and Dave. You can check them out on social media at Grow Lincoln on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a building going up in your neighborhood or a construction site, you're like, what's happening there? They know or they can probably find out. So hit them up on social media. It's 25 Caleb's got a check of sports coming up next on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says... Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. I was just talking to uh, Caleb. I saw the Nebraska baseball Twitter account clarified that uh, a ticket to any game or the ticket to the Big Ten tournament get today gets you into all three games, and you can even re-enter and you can leave and re-enter once even with those as yeah. well. And it made me kind of made me kind of sad that well, I'm working right now, uh, and then <laughs> and then I'm going to be uh, getting ready for the big. Uh, the big weekend with a lot of visitors and graduation and uh, graduation parties tonight. So I would love to go down there and spend some time there. and Watch and an elimination there. game, cheer great. against Iowa, and then you get to, Nebraska. I know. It'd be great. Spend the whole day there. Uh, somebody who gets to spend some of the time there, at least, is our next guest, Greg Sharp, the voice of the Huskers. Morning, Greg. How you doing today? Well, other than my yard drying out from the lack of rain, Jeez. doing great. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. I'll tell you what, it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I, I, just I guess let's start out before we get to the game. I know you know I know people were, who are watching and are looking at it know that the the stadium wasn't full, but I know you guys kept remarking about the the size of the crowd there for a midday first round game. Couldn't believe it. Uh, I thought you know maybe three thousand would be there. I mean it's middle of the week, two o'clock, and. People just kept coming in. I think the total day attendance was just under 6,000. And, you know, that may not seem like much, but there were times that this tournament was in Minneapolis. That might be the total attendance for the five-day <laughs> tournament. Yeah. So they did that in one day. And now now tonight it's set up with a night game of the Huskers playing at night with a lot on the line. That, yeah. You know, it, it'll be a huge crowd. There's one more year for this to be in Omaha, and then it's going to go out for bid. But uh, I just, I think the league would be just absolutely insane to move it. I mean, yeah. You're not going to get anywhere like this kind of revenue anyplace else you take it. Well, and, and you remember, obviously, not only 2019, but back, what was it, 2014, when Nebraska and Indiana played in the championship game. Yeah. Uh, and just some of the visuals. That went along with that when you know if Nebraska is going to be there, you're going to get every few years, you're going to get a, a full park and a raucous crowd. Um, that's going to make the, the, it's going to make the conference look good, even though it's a, a pro Nebraska crowd that you're probably just not going to get anywhere else, right? I mean, that's, Definitely. that's the only place you get that scene. You know, maybe, maybe if you had it in Des Moines, you'd kind of get some of that because Husker fans have still like traveled mm-hmm. over there and Iowa fans would do okay. And they're probably, they, they always have the second most fans. At this tournament, is it an unfair advantage? Mm, yeah, but 
So so what? I mean, <laughs> every Big Ten championship is an unfair to me. I mean, football in Indianapolis, basketball yeah. in Chicago and Indianapolis. I mean, it certainly is for basketball. I mean, look at how many Indiana fans are in Indianapolis for that. So well, and as a player, you want to play in front of people. Yeah. So wouldn't you rather play in front of a nice crowd instead of five hundred fans? I yeah. mean, uh, that's the difference. But it was great yesterday again. I. I thought I, my eyes kind of told me between five and six, and that that's about what it ended up being. And my goodness, two o'clock on a Wednesday? I mean, yeah. and this wasn't just everybody that's finished working their having their careers over. These weren't just all retired people at the games right. yesterday. There were just a lot of folks that came out to support the Huskers. So uh, Nebraska gets the three-run home run early, gets ahead. Russ Rutgers comes back, ties it, and then gets that gets that lead. And at that point, there were a lot of people I saw saying on Twitter, they're like, this one's over. It's just, you know, not going to, not going to be able to get it back. Did you have a sense? I mean, because we've seen it when this team sort of inexplicably struggles to, to score runs, even though, you know, in, they have gaudy offensive numbers generally. What, what, what did you feel? Were you surprised that they were able to, to get things going to the degree that they did right after Rutgers took the lead? We played 53 games before yesterday. It had never happened in 53 games where Nebraska rallied late to win. Okay, that's, that's why people remarkable. felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they had every right to feel that because this team has not done that. That's yeah. unbelievable. Mathematically, that's un- that's that's a worse odds than winning the lottery, I think. Especially with that games. offense. Yeah. Yeah, but that offense and just the way the sport is that you this team had not rallied in the seventh, eighth, or ninth innings to win a game all season long. So they're due for some of that. They've also not walked anybody off all year. Mm-hmm. Not once. I mean, yeah. th- this is a sport of The Royals even do that every now and then, <laughs> for goodness sake. So, I mean, this team's due for some stuff like that to happen. Let's hope that it keeps going here this week. Yeah, without without a doubt. Um, the, and a huge part of that was being really selective with the with the pitches and and I know you had the you had the hit by pitch which you didn't have a chance to be real selective with but and then you had Anderson with the double but then it was just working those counts and seeing that the, you know kind of have an idea when those Rutgers pitchers were struggling a little bit how is that is that something that Nebraska's been good at all year and how important is that going forward to depend on walks are huge at this point yeah. that was clear yesterday on both sides they have been. They've been a really good offense. When they need to be patient, they have been. And Will Bolt talked about that in the post game about he just loved those at bats in the seventh inning because your 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 temptation as an athlete is you want to be the stud, you want to be the star to get that big hit to drive in runs, and so you're fighting that temptation to swing at something bad just to try to be a hero. Instead, take your walk, make it hurt that way. And so the team did a really good job of that. And it was guy after guy after guy that came to the plate to do that. And Rutgers lost their cool. That uh, they were frustrated with the home plate umpire yeah. and the strike zone, but for the most part, I think his strike zone was fairly accurate. Yes, it was a little tight, but it, he was consistent with it throughout the game. And I mean, their their bench, their head coach was was upset. He was you know making a lot of, or he was chomping on some gum in the dugout the whole way. So it, it a lot of credit to Nebraska and every one of those guys put together quality at bat after quality at bat. You brought out a lot of experience out of the bullpen yesterday. I mean, you kind of had your guys who have been through through the fights in Perry and Shanneman, and you had a lot of struggles there with the bullpen. How does that 
how does that leave the bullpen? Because if you're going to make a make a run here over the course of the next few days, it's going to be a ton of bullpen work. It's going to be a ton of guys that you're going to need. You're going to have to go back to some of these guys as well. Where is Nebraska's bullpen right now going into this game against Maryland? I, I think it's okay. I mean, Kyle Perry threw 15 pitches. He could come back today. Okay. Shea only threw 25, so he probably could throw again today. The way Corbin Hawkins drops down, it, he doesn't put as much stress on his arm. He, I think, would be available today. This game tonight, it's, it's big for a lot of reasons. One, it keeps you on the winner side of the bracket. But if you win tonight, Jack, they don't play tomorrow. So yeah. whoever wins this game tonight gets a day off tomorrow to reset your bullpen. So <laughs> this is just a, a giant game. And the winner of this game is in the catbird seat to get to Sunday's final. Definitely. Because yeah. somebody then, if, if you win tonight, Somebody has to beat you twice on Saturday to get you out, and that's hard to do. So th- this is just, this, in some ways for Nebraska, this is kind of the tournament tonight. Not that they're out because you still have one more bullet right. in the chamber, but this one's big tonight. But I, so I think in that respect, everybody that pitched yesterday outside of Emmett Olsen would be able to throw something tonight. Right. There's no reason. I mean, there's a question about whether you do this ever in a tournament, but there's no reason to be thinking about the the future during this game no. because you're in you put yourself in such a dominant position if you pull this one off that this is and I I kept pointing to this game and saying the exact same thing Greg we can we can talk all about how Nebraska needs a run to win this tournament to get in the postseason but until they go you know the, once they go two and zero and if they go two and zero and beat Maryland it gets really real at that point after yeah. after that tonight it does and and Will Bold even said afterwards he goes for us to win this he goes Emmett's probably gonna it, if we are lucky enough to get to maybe a Sunday, Emmett's probably going to pitch again. Even though he threw 84 pitches yesterday, you're just going to have to need him to come back in a couple of days. Usually a, a starting pitcher goes and throws a bullpen session three days after they have pitched. Well, that would be a bullpen day for him. So, uh, yeah, even he would not be off the table to come back at some point in time in this tournament to pitch again. Um, so Kaminska today, is that right? Yep. What? What if you? I mean, you're facing this Maryland lineup. Uh, what do you think? Best case scenario. What do you think? Will Bolt's, hope, Bolt's hoping he can get out of his starter today. Well, the best thing is we're facing Maryland at Charles Schwab Field, not at their little band yeah. box. I mean, that it's a huge, huge difference. And you know, you, you look at Maryland the other night. That was a low-scoring game for them against Michigan State. And had they not turned five double plays, they they we might be playing Michigan State tonight in this game. Now, what they did is they pitched off. What that means is they didn't use a weekend starter in their opener on Tuesday. So they've saved their Friday night starter for tonight. Now, he's not been great the last couple of weeks. The Oscars even got some runs against him a few weeks back in College Park. So they've seen him before. The game that Nebraska won against Maryland, Jay started. So you've got some feelings like, okay, well, we won the game that he started a few weeks ago on a Saturday. So you kind of feel like that. But I love the fact we're playing them not in their ballpark anymore where some of those routine fly balls were headed out of the, the park. That's not going to happen at, at Charles Schwab Field. What is, I, I mean, I remember the game on the, the Saturday game, listening to you guys that Nebraska won when, you know, Nebraska obviously had a great offensive day. And again, very, um, very discerning with the counts and getting some walks and stuff. What's Maryland's bullpen situation look like? Uh, it's okay. Now they did use some of their guys two days ago. Now they could come back and, and pitch again. Mm-hmm. I, I said this on Sports Nightly last night. Rutgers has a really good lineup. Maryland's is better. Mm-hmm. But I would take Rutgers' arms over Maryland's. Mm-hmm. So there'll be an opportunity for Nebraska to score runs in this game tonight. I, I think they they saw better arms yesterday than they're going to see tonight. 
from uh, Maryland. The kid that started for Rutgers was first team all conference. Yeah. We're not seeing that on the mound tonight from Maryland. So, you know, we, we scored three runs off of him, had a chance to get more. So I think the offense can keep it going tonight against Dean from Maryland. Well, it's been interesting this whole tournament. Some of the best pitchers in the league, in the league of struggle. Like Michigan starts the pitcher of the year against Iowa, yeah. gives up a grand slam right off the bat. Um, in that one as well, and so that's been a little bit of a theme. It's not what you t- you typically expect when you go up to Omaha, Greg, because the conventional theory is right that stadium is is so big, and from College World Series of years past, you think okay, there's not going to be a lot of home runs here. But I don't know where it's at in the the average for league games, but it seemed pretty normal, if not quite a bit of power hitting during the course of this tournament so far, at least. I know there was another one last night uh, for Michigan. You know, they, a couple of years ago, they, they changed the, the seams and the tightness of the seams in the baseball for college baseball. And I think that's helped make, it was TD Ameritrade, now Charles Schwab, a little bit more playable and the home run balls a little bit more in effect. I think we've seen that even the last couple of years in the College World Series. Plus, just across the sport, home runs are way up. It's just kids are getting into the launch angles now and they're not, you know, they're thinking about home runs more than they were a few years ago and just trying to make good contact and hit line drive. So the sport has changed a little bit. That and the velocity from the pitchers has gone up as well. I mean, it was usually rare when we saw kids touching 90. Now we're seeing pretty much everybody has guys on their staff that touch 95 with the fastball. So the combination of more speed coming into you and then kids uh, trying to hit more launch angle stuff is added to the home run ball in baseball. So, uh, yeah, you'll see some offense tonight. One thing about this tournament, Jack, we've had five games. The higher seed has won every game. Mm-hmm. Well, that's got to change, right? It's got to change at some point. In time. We, hope that's, we hope that's the case tonight. Um, uh, how about Bryce, you know, coming back the, after the weekend off? I know it was just kind of uh, getting him ready for the tournament they were all in. He probably could have played with his, his back, but, um, you know, it wasn't, it was, it's just one game since he's been back. He's been back and actually did get on base with, with some walks. But do you feel he's, I mean, do you feel like he's still feeling the after effects of that? Is that, is that anything you know about? And is he kind of do, it feels like he's kind of due to go off offensively. Yeah, yeah, I think he's still a little sore. I think he had some treatment when we got back from West Lafayette that helped him. I mean, he made that error that was a tough error yesterday that really kind of opened the door for them having a pretty big inning. I know that made him mad, but I thought he played other than that, played really well at shortstop, and he put the great swing on the ball in the first inning. His first at bat, he hit it to the warning track and left center. So I think he's fine. Is he 100%? No, but I'm not sure anybody is this deep into the year, but he's got bumps and bruises and, you know, uh, the bruises from being hit by pitches and all those type of things these guys have had to deal with for the last three months. But I think he's fine. I, I think, you know, uh, I was really happy that he came up in some big situations last night. Really happy that he drew that bases loaded walk. Here's the scenario, here's the scenario that I uh, think would be interesting and funny. Gabe Swanson gets a home run in the first inning uh, tonight and then all of a sudden is becoming the third leg of the home run chase on this team and really making it into... I, I had a tweet yesterday after Swanson home run. I said, Gabe Swanson's definitely doing the math in his head right now to see if he can still become the team leader for home runs. Anderson's 21, Matthews is 20, and Swanson is 18. And he's kind of been... I, don't, I wouldn't say he's forgotten, but we're always talking about Anderson and Matthews and on the, with those power numbers, and Gabe's right there with them at that point. And that home run yesterday, uh, place had to go nut, nuts when that one went out. Sure did. I mean, it, it was the what it was the jolt that the team and the fans that were there needed because at that point you're like, ah, God, we probably lost this game. Well, then with one swing, it's tied. 
And then you're like, okay, we're back in this thing. Let's go. Will Bolt was agitated when I talked to him yesterday before the game that Gabe didn't make first team. He goes, Greg, you go look at conference-only games, the 24 conference games. He goes, nobody put up better numbers than Gabe Swanson. He goes, it's ridiculous he's not first team all-conference. He got second team, but he goes, based on the 24 league games, which is what you're supposed to vote on, he said Gabe Swanson should have been a first teamer. So he's just been a terrific story, a walk-on that's probably going to get some scholarship money. He certainly has earned it. Uh, after this season, and he'll be a big cornerstone for this team next year. But I, I, he's just one of those great Husker stories that we love to talk about, right, in any sport, a walk-on that comes in and becomes a, a star for the team, and I'm so happy for him. And how big is it keeping a guy like Charlie Fisher hot, too, kind of a, a little bit further down the lineup? But he's really, man, he looks like he's been coming on here for the last few few uh, games that this team has played. Huge. We've been kind of, Charlie was a 320 hitter two years ago at Southern Miss, and that's a regional type team that they've got and again this year they are and so when he was off he was hitting in the 260s you're like well that's not awful but we kind of expected more he homered twice at purdue he homered yesterday also had a base hit yesterday Uh, he's kind of getting to where i thought he would be all season long and it's absolutely huge to kind of keep guys even further down the lineup hitting the ball well so uh, tonight could i hope it's not but it could be a slugfest tonight with with nebraska and maryland and so you're going to need everybody like the swansons and the Fishers and the Carries to keep keep mashing the ball if you're going to outflug Maryland in this one. Well, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. And again, that game six o'clock here versus Maryland. You can hear it on KLIN. We'll get pregame going about five thirty. Uh, Greg, I suppose there's a chance with the way the schedule's going today. Uh, Nebraska's game last night was uh, was it was a long one. I suppose there's a chance that could get pushed back with the yeah. way that these tournaments goes, but scheduled for six at least. Yeah, it just allows people more time to try to get Colorado football tickets. (laughs) They got an extra nine hundred bucks laying around. (laughs) Yeah, my goodness, my good. Uh, By the way, is uh, is is Iowa the other? Is Iowa look like the other team to beat then outside of Maryland in this tournament to you? I I think Iowa's the team, the team to beat. I love their pitching. I think they've got the most pitching depth that generally plays itself out. They're on that other side of the bracket with Indiana. That should be a good game at 2 o'clock. So if yeah. you're going up and you have the afternoon free, that would be a fun one to go watch, Iowa-Indiana at 2. Uh, I think they're the team to beat on the other half of the draw. And how fun would that be? Yeah, I know. Nebraska-Iowa game on Sunday. Let's go. <laughs> I'm trying not even – I'm not trying to put the cart before the horse on this thing, but you are right. That would be – that would probably break the attendance records yeah. from uh, from the Indiana one and the and the Ohio State one in 2019. It'd be I big. think so, too. Yeah. And the last time Nebraska played Iowa at the Big Ten tournament, they run-ruled them. I was at so, that game. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I took a picture of the scoreboard on the way out and said uh, I, I enjoyed that. And then Nebraska didn't beat Iowa in anything after that until just this year. And now they're on a streak again. Could you imagine that, Greg? You know how terrible I'm going to be to everyone if Nebraska has scoreboard in football, basketball, and for the Big Ten championship in baseball? Oh, my gosh. And my you in-laws, my in-laws are going to be here this weekend too. I was going to say, I was going to say, you probably have in-laws in town this yes. weekend. Oh, please, please, Greg. I would love for that to happen. All right, we're uh, I'm out of time here, but it was good to talk baseball. I know there's a lot of football stuff going on, but I think we'll have a lot of time to get into that in the coming oh, yeah. weeks, so we will do just that. Uh, best of luck on the call. Look forward to listening to you tonight, and we'll talk to you again next week, all right? Thanks, Jack. There you go, Greg Sharp, voice of the Huskers. Husker baseball tonight, get a win. Like I said, get a win, and things get really real if you get a win tonight. Really real. And yeah, that Nebraska-Iowa matchup, 
Looking a lot more possible if you can do this tonight. But big hill to climb first. If you five, we'll take a break. Wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIS. All right, that is it for the show today. Now's the time to start thinking about maybe even doing some Googling to figure out, bring back the memories of what songs were being played on the radio when you were graduating from high school. That's fine. You can do it that way. Look look up the charts from that time. But that's the Request Line Friday theme is graduation day in honor of the already graduates from high school and the ones that are coming up this weekend. What was the song that you uh, either... Had, a, had was your graduation song or was one that was contemporaneous with your graduation year and into the summer. And then a little shout out from your graduation year in high school if you want to do that as well. So text those in to us to 402-479-1400. You can do it right now. You can wait if you want to, but the earlier is always the better on Request Line Friday. We'll have a lot of fun with that tomorrow, getting you ready for the weekend and for uh for some families, graduation weekend. All right, that's it. We will see you tomorrow. It is 9 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln.